Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Flyers fans, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Case of Tasty Cakes, a podcast that is dedicated to news, scores, stats, and everything else revolving around your Philadelphia Flyers. This podcast is brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. My name is Mike Letterer, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Matthew McCurry. What do you say, Maddie? How are you? Good. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. So one thing before we get uh, involved into uh, the podcast, I'd like to explain the name Case of Tasty Cakes for listeners out there that are a little confused by it. Um, back in the 1970s uh, Stanley Cup runs, the Hall of Fame announcer Gene Hart uh, came up with the saying, and so-and-so scores for the Case of Tasty Cakes. Now, Kate, uh, Tasty Cakes is born and bred in philadelphia and whoever was the first flyer to score the goal in the game was awarded a case of tasty cakes now that uh that player that scored that goal usually would donate or most of the time would donate that case of tasty cakes to a charity of their choice so that's the little catchy name that we came up with and uh for all you listeners out there a little confused by it that's kind of the explanation behind it um so, Maddie, the boys have been buzzing. With this, yeah. uh, I mean, the win streak ends, but the point streak does not. Uh, with that shootout loss uh, to the Kings the other day. Uh, during that win streak, we beat some pretty good teams. Uh, we got two wins against the Jets. Two wins against Boston. Also, a win against Montreal, Minnesota. Um, so that's, that, those are some pretty good teams. And then we, we played Edmonton twice. Um, but unfortunately the win streak ends, but like I said, fortunate enough to have the, uh, point streak continue. Yeah, they, uh, they, they started out, uh, the, unfortunately at the end of December, beginning of January, they went the other way and they had an eight game losing streak. Uh, and it seems like that's been kind of the, the story of this team the last couple years is that they have these these great runs of, of wins. And then they have these, these bad forms where, where they lose the same number of games or close to it. Right. So I mean, I think the biggest thing with this team is they're looking for the consistency and that wing streak that they just had, it was able to get them back into contention for, for the playoffs. They still have a little work to do, but they're, they're within shooting distance. And that's right. the, uh, and that's the important thing. They have to keep playing. They can't afford to go back to being a 500 team. They, they need to, be more aggressive. They need to. They need to keep keep the momentum going, uh, and, and that's really important. And that's why that shootout loss is a, is not obviously you never want to have uh, get out of a win streak, but uh, it's going to happen eventually. The next couple games are more are as important, if not more important, than that that final game uh, that they lost because they need to get back into the flow of winning. Right. Right. And considering that even we're talking about playoff spots right now is unbelievable compared to a month ago where most Flyers fans pretty much chalked this season up and we're ready for next year. We're ready for Carter. 
you know, and, and now that we're even in contention is, is, is amazing to me. Um, uh, the fact that the, the, well, the, the, the firing of Dave Haxel and then bringing up Scott Gordon from Lehigh, um, I know myself included, I, I, I can't speak for you, but I was, you know, Joel Quinville was relieved of his duties in Chicago and I was pushing for that. Um, now when they brought in Scott Gordon, calling him an intern coach now with this point, with this win streak ending and, but the point streak continue that interim coach status. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm liking what Scotty's doing. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to depend how this season ends. If, if they miss the playoffs, I think they're going to move on, but if he gets them into the playoffs and they make some noise in the playoffs, it's kind of hard to, to look away look away from that because the team's playing for him and and the uh the the order of how things went down with Hextall being fired and then Hackstall being fired was kind of weird in that they weren't just fired together uh right and, right and so I I almost think that they kind of were looking for someone else at at the coaching position and right. it may not have gone the way they wanted to so then they just brought Gordon up to uh to fill in for the rest of the year but uh, if he if he brings them back for as far back as they were uh, the playoff spot, then uh, you seriously have to consider because it, it means the guys are playing for him. And that okay. was the biggest thing with Hackstall was it didn't seem like the guys were one developing, right? And two, it didn't seem like they were giving the necessary effort. And for whatever reason, he had lost their their ear. I mean, a month ago when we were looking at the uh, there was the U S the uh, the June the American uh, the American the Juniors tournament. And uh, we were watching the USA play and Jack Hughes, who's the projected number one pick in the draft this year, was playing. We were talking about, well, the Flyers are right there. Maybe they're going to get lucky and they're going to be the pick. They're going to get the number one pick because they were like the third worst team. Right. And now there's only two teams between them and the play and the last playoff spot in the uh, in their conference. So right, it's, right. It, it, it's been it's been quite a turn of events in the last uh, the last three or four weeks it really has it really has and those those two teams that we're chasing are buffalo and carolina now buffalo you know started off very strong and they've dropped back some but carolina the past couple of days uh, they got two shutouts back to back so they're they're going to be a tough team to chase um i know they got in net um our former goaltender peter morazic um but they're, they're those boys are buzzing as well um, to go back to Scott Gordon, uh, I listened to him the other day. Uh, he was on the NHL Network channel on Sirius XM, and they were asking him questions about uh, locker room and about Claude. And Scotty seems seems to be a player's coach. Uh, I don't know exactly how the players felt about Dave. Um, I don't know if they, they just weren't jiving. Uh, they weren't connecting with them. But Scott seems to be a player's coach where he even brings in, he said in, he said in the interview on um, Sirius, where he runs things by Claude and Coots. And he asks them if certain situations would be good and he, he gets their feedback. That's how it came about to, to separate the two, to where you would have, instead of Coots and G being on the same line, why don't we move Coots and G to center to separate lines to open up for other for other wingers, which has been awesome. 
I mean, I, 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 I've loved the changes that he's made. Um, when he first came into the team, we went on a little bit of losing streak, and I think a lot of Flyers fans panicked. But now that he's made adjustments, um, I mean, look at us now. Who would have thought that we would have been chasing one of those wild card spots? Yeah, and I, and I think that's the, the biggest thing is that uh, I, I think a lot of times, especially in it seems like in hockey and in baseball, how the the locker room is meshing is so important. Right, right. Like football and, and, and basketball seem to be more individual talent oriented. Right, right. And But the, it, these guys are together all the time. Right. And being able to to bring in your veteran leadership and see what they're seeing and understand how they feel and what they think is missing is really important. Right. And, um, and, and perhaps that was part of the problem is that Hackstall was a, a college coach right. and maybe he was running it too much like, like a college team. But I mean, the disappointing thing with that was I really thought he may not have been the best game day coach, but he should have been able to develop talent better. And, and we right. saw our, our young guys on all the young talent that we had just weren't developing. Krovroff looked like he took a step back at the beginning of the year. And that was scary it, because yeah. it, that guy's yep. supposed to be a, a stud. And then now all of a sudden now it looks like he's back. So something was going on there that the players weren't happy and, and they weren't, they, they weren't playing for hacks. I, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree lost with them. you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I, I I uh, agree with the Proveroff. He was scaring me based, you know, how he played last year compared to how he started this year. It was like, oh, my God, what's going on with Provy? But now, he, I mean, he leads the team in ice time. Um, he's, he's, he's protecting the puck. He's blocking the puck very well. Um, so that's something that we we're, we're used to seeing last year. I mean, he doesn't have his, you know, he used to be that blue line slapper slapper guy last year that would just bury the puck in the net. But we don't see that much from him. But I, I'm I'm glad to see him getting in there. Get he, he's like I said, he's leading the team in ice time, um, and he's doing a great job blocking the puck. Um, so we have that, and yeah, and like and like uh, we're not. You know, obviously, we're not in the locker room, so we really don't know the uh, exact um, situation between Dave and the players and Scott and the players. But it just seems like I, you can see it on the ice. The players are loving it, and they're whipping around the ice. They're 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 having a good time. I mean, of course, they're winning, but it seems like they're having a good time out there. And uh, I think Scott Gordon has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a fine line in these games where it's a play here, it's a play there. How many games at the beginning of the season were the Flyers winning and then they let up a goal with like two minutes or under remaining in the game? Right, and right. It's that little, that fine line of just a mistake here and a mistake there that the players are maybe they're a little too uptight, they're wound a little too tight. They make that, that one silly mistake and it goes to overtime and you lose. Right. And that's the difference between them being now fighting for a playoff spot or being safely in a playoff spot because there, there were, there's easily six or seven games where it went the other way for them. And then, and then it snowballs because you feel like you can't catch a break. And sometimes they weren't getting consistency. I mean, they went through what six or seven goalies and it's hard to play that way when, when you don't feel settled and they didn't seem like a team that was settled. Right. And they were, 
making those little mistakes that cost you games. It's not like it, when you're up for nothing, it's easy to play comfortable and loose. But when it's a, a one goal game or a two goal game and it's coming when push comes to shove uh, and you're not confident in your goaltender to make a big save and to save you, it's uh, it, it makes it difficult. Right. Right. So that brings it back to even the Edmonton game um, where we started off the game really, really well. Um, we had a one, two, three punch, uh, scored, scored the goal. But then it, uh, Edmonton, they, they, those boys just started buzzing. I mean, the second period was just – it was like, oh, my God. Okay, this is the end of the streak. Um, the second period was a, was a shit show. Uh, but then coming into the third, uh, something – Scott Gordon did something in that locker room. Uh, I know we had a little bit of trouble setting up a power play, but uh, G was able to slip that puck underneath the pillow of Cam Talbot right at the end of the one power play, and then that just sparked sparked the team. And then, I mean, that that was an incredible game against Edmonton. It, it really was. Uh, Cam Talbot played out of his mind, um, uh, but we 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 had the answers for him. Um, another uh, another. Um, player I'd like to get into, especially during that Edmonton uh, game, um, is Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick, our third-line center, who has shown up big time in these past games. This is the player that we've all been waiting on and, and hoping for after that dra- after we drafted him. Um, he, he got the game winner in overtime against the Oilers. Um, and he and you could tell he wanted that one so bad after after missing chances at the very end of the third against Cam Talbot. He uh, you saw him in, in the tunnel going to back to the locker room breaking a stick. Um and he, he he wanted that game winner so bad and he got it. And he's he's just been buzzing. He's been buzzing. He's been playing very well. Um he said he said in an interview that he usually eats one ham and cheese sandwich before every game. But before that game, for some reason, he ate two. <laughs> so and he said he was just feeling great. He was feeling great, you know, hit with the ham and cheese sandwich. Him and Johnny Gaudreau from the Calgary Flames, Johnny Ham and Cheese. They would be some uh, cheap dinner dates. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I, I will say, I think last year people were a little disappointed in in what Patrick was could bring, but he was out all all summer last summer with uh, he had a couple surgeries and he had to get right and it. It was tough to, to transition to the uh, to the NHL and the length of the NHL last year, but he was another guy that at the beginning of this year was a little disappointing because he didn't take that jump. Right, and he had a uh, he had a, a long goalless uh, drought, but then the floodgates opened for him, and I he has I think he has like seven or eight goals in the last ten games or right. something like that. Right, and and he he's had a couple a couple multiple goal games, but he just has that that confidence back, and he looks like. He looks like the the kid that was playing with the Wheat Kings. Right. And I I remember a couple of years ago when we had when Provorov was uh, when they were in the playoffs, the Wheat Kings were playing on the NHL Network and watching those playoff games because we I knew we had Provorov and um, and he was playing his last year there and watching Nolan Patrick and he was he was sick man he he was right. was so dominant and he was coming up in the draft that year and when we got him it, I thought it was a home run and. Look, it takes guys a little longer sometimes to develop, but he's doing everything right now. And he right. looks like a, a two-way center that, I mean, his 
his skills. I think that first game after he finally got off the side and got that goal, then he like he had like a between the legs goal too. Yes, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah. that's all it takes to get your confidence back. Right, right. right. One goal. Right, right. Yep. So another big topic in the uh, Flyers news is Wayne Simmons. You know, he's coming off of his last year of his contract. I believe it was a six-year contract. Um, he's coming off his last year. He'll be a UFA at the end of this year. Um, there, there. I don't think there's a single team in the NHL that could not use a player like Wayne Simmons. Um, even though he struggled a little bit with injury in the in the past, um, you know, last year he struggled with some injury, and this year he hasn't been been playing the greatest early on. Um, but this guy's a tank. I mean, he is. He, he he's he's a go getter. Um, he's not afraid of anything. Um, there there isn't one team in the NHL that I don't think could want that wouldn't want a player like Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Um, he's at the end of his six year. He was roughly twenty four mil, which I think is a little low. For, I mean, he he is he's thirty years old. Um, I feel like he, it, he, it's it's tough to say what kind of deal he can get now because. Other teams, you know, they're not stupid. They know that he's he's getting older. He's little, you know. He's had some injuries, um, but that's 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 a guy you want on your side, and you want in front of the net. Yeah, I mean, the I don't think there was any doubt that they were gonna they were gonna move on from him uh, the way it had been going because they didn't see uh, what I saw was that if they weren't if they couldn't agree to a deal with him before the trade deadline, he was gonna get moved. Um, and but. I, <laughs> I'm not sure the way that they've been playing that you want to mess with anything. Right. But I, but then I also saw a report today that there's that Fletcher's still looking um, to move him, that they're still having talks about him. Right. Um, and I, I'm just, I, I'm not sure what you're going to get back from him for him or, and I'm not sure if it's worth it for this year, what you're going to miss out on having him. I mean, he's, he brings a toughness to this team that, People, other teams don't mess with Simmons, and he's the kind of guy on the ice that you want sometimes. And maybe, maybe he doesn't have the same talent that he has. His finishing hasn't been as good, right. um, and it's a little bit of redundancy with him and JVR on the power play. But I mean, his toughness come a playoff series would really come in handy, and uh, I think they're going to be a lot of if he's still out there and available, there are going to be a lot of teams calling for him. Right. Right. The other thing I, I, I think about is the league has the, the game has changed. It's it's you know, you barely see fighting anymore. Um, you barely, you know it seems like not only is it the fast it's the fastest gameplay you've ever seen in the NHL. These players buzz around this ice. But it's like it's just getting soft. I don't I don't know. That gets, fighting is not is becoming you know, irrelevant in the part of hockey anymore. Um, so his role in that, in that, in that, in that case with the, with the fighting and the toughness, unless you're, you know, unless you're Tom Wilson from the Capitals, that dude just don't give a shit. He'll fuck, <laughs> he'll fuck over anybody. I mean, that dude is vicious, but uh, I feel like that's a part of, I mean, I hate to say it because I do enjoy that part of the game, but I, I I feel like that's that's part of the past. You don't see that much anymore. I mean, you still see the toughness and the, and the little scrums, but you you don't see players drop the gloves like they used to. 
Um, I mean, there's been players in the past years that have been on NHL, NHL teams just because they can fight. I mean, oh, that's yeah. where the goon, goon, you know, that's why they got labeled as a goon. You really don't have goons anymore. Um, Tom Wilson just happens to be a great player and a goon. Yeah, so. the, the, uh, the, the tough thing, and I'll say one, one other thing, that fighting has decreased, but what drives me crazy is that every time someone lays a clean, open ice hit, like someone comes in to, to, to pick a fight with them. That's the only time there's fighting, and it drives me crazy that if you lay a good, clean hit, you still have to drop the gloves afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like, right. like if the guy has his head down, it's his problem. Right. Like, or don't pass him into that. Exactly. That you should but, know better. Right. Exactly. I mean, th- there's been a couple times that, that Gudis, and I know he has a bad rap and um, he's done some questionable things, but even if he lays a good hit, guys come over and look to pick a fight with him right. because he laid a big hit. Well, I mean, right. it, everyone's so, so touchy about hockey and i understand if it's a dirty hit if you're hitting someone from behind into the boards i'm all for getting that out of the game it doesn't belong there we don't need anyone having serious injuries like that but uh, but the hitting still is part of the game so unless they're and unfortunately it seems like they're trying to go the way of of getting rid of all of the violence towards it and uh it i don't know it it, it's not as enjoyable I, i think that they're they need to find a mix like the uh it is more fun to watch these these the Johnny Goudreaux who wouldn't have lasted 20 years ago right right <laughs> but but it's fun to see all the talent on the ice but there needs to be a little bit of a, a physical element to it and right the, these these hockey players are tougher than any other athletes oh, in the world without, so. a da- without a doubt without a doubt um so yeah on the on the uh the other hand where Philadelphia Flyers fans have been patiently waiting on is finally here. And that is the stud, the brick wall, Carter Hart. I mean, this, this boy is unreal. I mean, I, I, I see, I see a young Carey Price in him. I see a young Patrick Waugh. I mean, this, this boy, even though he had some rough times down Lehigh, he, he wasn't doing it as well. Um, since since Scotty Gordon brought him up, I mean, he's got seven in a, seven wins in a row, which is a, a streak for 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 how young he is. He's only twenty years old. I mean, the fact that what we have in the future is just unreal. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think we've been looking forward to him for for two years now, two and a half years now, and there's always the you're always fearful when it comes to the Flyers and goalies and and believing that we have the next great thing because right. every other guy has seemed to flame out right. the flyers or they get rid of them too early. Um, Brisgall and, Mason. <laughs> Just right. Like, you. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's, but he's, he's the real deal. And I mean, he is, uh, he's everything that we could have hoped for. And, and he is, he's consistent and man, he makes some acrobatic saves that oh. are, are Un- unreal Un- unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable his puck presence you watch him in there his puck presence crease presence and player awareness is just n- something that the flyers i i i have not seen I and have- it's it's something that 20 year olds don't have right uh, right <laughs> i mean he he led the uh the canadian team a year ago to the junior championship and it was basically 
him standing on his head. And I think that was the point where I was like, he's, he's legit. It's not juniors. He's playing against the top guys in the world. He's legit. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Just a very, very, I'm sure all the Flyers fans out there and I know you and I are, we're very excited, very excited that he's up um, and, and very happy that he's doing very well. Um, So there's, I mean, there's more to come. There's more to come with Carter Hart. I mean, it's, I, I feel like he's really going to turn into something special if he hasn't already. Um, so, yeah, very, very it's, exciting. It's crazy to think that this 20-year-old is the like the calming presence for the team. But that's what he's been, and that's why that position is the most important position to me in, in like, the top the, – the big four sports in the U.S. Right. Like, a goalie – I remember watching – Dominic Hasek dominate the Flyers on a subpar team, but he was just unreal. Right. And that's what a hockey goalie can do for you. Yep. And, yep. and we haven't had that. They've tried for the last 30 years to get that guy, and it hasn't worked. Now, talking about Carter Hart, do you think that's part of the reason that Hextall was let go, let go because he was hesitant to bring him up? Uh, you know, it's hard to get in the mindset back in, in the office, but it it could be. It very well could be. But the only thing that I, I think is that the fact that, I mean, Ron got fired before Dave. So if that was really the big thing, then why then why wasn't Dave fired before Ron? Like, why? You know, I guess that goes above Ron and all that, but it's 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 tough. It's tough to to, to say. I mean, um, the 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 one thing that Scott Gordon coming in, you know, when Dave was asking Scott back when he was with Lehigh, you know, he's asking and he's getting hearsay. He's you know he's hearing what Scott's telling him. Scott, not only he coached him, so he knows exactly how he is. He knows exactly what he's going to be getting. Um, but to, to say that's why, uh, Dave was let go of his duties. It, it, that's hard for me to say. I mean, it, it definitely probably played a role in it, but yeah, I, think, I, I, I think, I think it led to both of them losing like for specific, specifically Ron Hextall losing the job was because he didn't want to veer away from what he saw as the, the plan. And I think the, the higher ups got a little tired and they thought that, Right. This kid was ready to come up and see right. what they have, especially with all the injuries that they had. Right. And and he was he was steadfast in his in his Ron Hexel was steadfast in his opinions and the way he wanted to do it. And I think that that upset the, the higher ups a little bit. Right. Uh, because it was his way or no way. And I think that's why I think that's the main reason why he was let go before. Hacksaw, I think he gave them probably like an ultimatum, like it's right. not going to happen on my watch. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I guess, you know, they could have been looking at Carter's numbers down there. And, you know, he wasn't doing very well with the Phantoms, but, um, you know, Scott, Scott, Scott knew what he was getting. Absolutely. So before we end the podcast, um, I'd like to just ask, ask you, Maddie, what uh, is one of your most memorable moments in uh, Philadelphia Flyers history. All right. So, so I have a couple. I have two. Yeah. If you had to narrow it down to a few, because there, there's, there are a bunch out there. I, I have two time periods for me and, and I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah, so I'm going to go. You uh, old fart. 
Yeah, I'm the old fart. <laughs> so I'm going to go. My, my first memories of watching the Flyers was actually the Flyers in Edmonton in the finals. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I, had, I have a brother who's eight years older than me. And we used to, we, I remember, we would religiously gather around in the family room. And, and we had uh, Prism at the time, which was the, the, right, the station right. that used to run yep. the Flyers games. And we would watch the games, and I, it's it's crazy because I was like four at the time, yeah. and yet I <laughs> I still I remember being in. We had just moved into a new house, and I remember being in that family room watching those games, and uh, it continued through. It's and that went on for a couple of years. I remember it, and then the uh, the Legion of Doom for me, the the oh, Lindros yeah. no doubt. was. I mean, that was I was. I understood what was going on, and I I still remember the the whole thing going down with the the Lindros from Quebec to the Rangers, and then he was brought back to the Flyers. And I remember the Negadelphia attitude was that there was no <laughs> way there was no way he was going to come to the Flyers. There's yeah, right. No way. We don't get that kind of guy. Like it right. didn't ha- it wouldn't happen. Right. And it was like a party in itself that the arbitrator agreed agreed that he should come to Philadelphia and uh, unfortunately it, it never because of injuries and the concussions and every everything he never really got to that level that we had hoped that 94 team was was really good and right. then they ran into a, a buzzsaw in the Detroit Red Wings and yeah. that was that was heartbreaking that, that they got swept too right and, yeah and, and so I, I grew up with the, the, the Legion of Doom teams and the Lindros era, and, and I love those guys, Johnny LeClaire and right. Recky and Renberg. Oh, yeah. We had the Legion of Doom, the Crazy Eights line. Right. Like, like it, it was fun watching the Flyers back then. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely idolized Lindros growing up. I grew up playing uh, some Pee Wee hockey, and that's the player I wanted to be. Uh, Eric Lindros, number 88. You want to uh, be that big tough center that scores goals. I mean, what else could you ask for? That's just a, that was just a great player and um, very glad that he was part of the Flyers organization. Yeah. So one other thing back in the day when I was in like middle school, the, everyone had their Lindros Flyers jerseys, right? Right. Well, I had to one up everyone. Right. So I had, we have family friends that are in Toronto. So I used to rock the, the Canada cup, (laughs) <laughs> jersey. the white one that had the nice. it had the half maple leaf yeah, on an nice. angle oh man that was a dope jersey yeah and no one else had it right oh good for you nice <laughs> nice so one of my i mean i you're a little bit older than me um but i mean what i it's it's not that long ago but i, I don't think i'll ever forget it it's the 2012 playoffs against the Penguins. Claude Giroux coming out big and putting that hit on Cindy Crosby. I mean, he laid them out, laid them out big time. And then goes and ends up scoring. 30 seconds into the game, goes and ends up popping a wristy over top of the blocker of Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, that, that moment, and then Claude rushing over the boards, bouncing off the boards to the fans. I mean, that moment there was awesome. I mean, it's just, that's one way, that's the, that playoff series alone 
has got to be one of the best playoff series in NHL history um, between the Penguins in 2012, especially when Peter Lavoyette and Dan Belsmo were about to go over top of the glass <laughs> and choke each other out. And then Carcillo and Asham were going to fight. I mean, that, that, I mean, that game alone and that series alone, I mean, it, it, that was just some that, I mean, you couldn't get any better playoff hockey than that. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the, the modern era, let's say from like 2000s forward. Right. Like that's the, like, that's the memory. Right. And that, that's probably one of the greatest shifts in Flyers history. Oh, right. Man. Like, wow. I mean, yeah. he literally goes out there and not does he, he doesn't just lay out anybody. He lays out Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yep. And then, I mean, it already would have been upper echelon just there, right? Right. And then he scores the goal, and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's 30 seconds into the game, and you're thinking, like, oh, my God. This is – what a way to start the game. Like, that was – that was the – they talk about that that man was possessed. That man was possessed on that Oh, yeah. That he ship. had his mighty mouse out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, I got to bring up the 2010 playoffs, even though we did make it to the cup. I still, to this day, don't know how Patrick Kane's uh, shot made it. I don't know how that made it inside the net, but no, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about the 2010 playoffs, well, the same year, but Simon Gagne coming back in a game four against the Boston Bruins. Coming back after he hadn't played the previous three, um, and the Flyers were down three games to nothing to force a game five. Ended up fucking scoring schooling the bees and then ended up making it to that 2010 um stanley cup playoffs uh stanley cup but uh unfortunately kaner had different ideas in chicago so that didn't work out too well yeah i mean but, those those playoffs they were dead in the water right I mean, right? right like the flyers were dead in the water against the bruins right like, not only were they down in the series they're down in the game and yeah. Just, yeah i mean that was that was a crazy comeback. It, it like, was. It, it was. It like, really... and that's that team seemed like they were like destined, and they just they just ran into Chicago. I mean that that Chicago team in 2010 was unreal. Was, was stacked. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And, unreal. and then it, it all went back to the Patrick Kane beating us was even more painful because we it was one pick before uh, our pick. And, right. And, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. So those are some memories that I that I that I remember that I don't think I'll ever forget, and I'm and I'm hoping for more to come. Absolutely, and I am hoping that with Carter Hart and Oh uh, yeah, Roberoff and Patrick that we have the uh, the young guys to to make it happen going forward, and right. I mean, especially Coots still isn't even that that old of a guy. No, um, no, and the the young guys that they have in their pipeline, the the I mean, we know everyone knows about the the defensive players that they have because they're slowly coming up and half those guys are up now. Right. And they're making up most of the, the, the back line, but We've still got more in sitting back, but I'm hoping for, you know, hoping for him, see him up in a uh, Flyers uniform here. Yeah. And I mean, basically you're left with, you're left with only two of the old guys left and uh, in McDonald and Goodis. Oh, and, don't and even every, started on McDonald. And, and everyone's, <laughs> Everyone else is young, and there's still a couple more young guys right. uh, that are left. But it looks like we have some young forwards that have potential oh, yeah. um, coming up. But I, I, th- I think we're we're a sniper short, and I think that's even for this year that the Flyers are missing. Right. Uh, like Couturier is our leading goal scorer, and he's like 35th in the NHL. Right? They, they really they need a sniper. They need a guy that's a 
a top 10 to 15 goal scorer uh, going forward in, in order to compete with the big boys. Yes. And now that we got like keep they, they have the playmakers, but they just don't have those snipers right now. Right, right. Thanks for listening, guys. Look out for our next podcast to drop in the next couple of days unless something major happens and we'll get an emergency pod out. Keep an eye out on the Pulse Podcast Network for a lot of new podcasts on all major sports, wrestling, and team-specific pods uh, for the NBA and the NFL and the NHL is coming your way. And follow us on Twitter at Case Flyers. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. It's Philadelphia Flyers hockey.